go. Welcome back, my friends, to the podcast that never ends. We're so glad you could attend. Come aside, come aside. I am White Boy Joe. Why is it so loud? And sitting across from me is uh, White Boy Mike. <laughs> this is our White Boy Rick episode. I can only keep that voice for so long <laughs> before I start laughing. I used to talk like that when I was a te- um, when I was oh god, eleven years old. I was such a fucking wannabe. Anyway, all that and more. You got anything to add, my, my brother? No, I just want to know why it's so goddamn loud. I don't know. I, I had I had a little extra bass in my voice. That's not why it would be loud. Okay. Well, no trouble. I don't know. All right. It doesn't matter. <laughs> all right. So uh, all that and more. Take it away. Oh, we got some movie news. So yeah, that and more. Take it away. Whitey, Ricky, <laughs> Richard. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So yeah, let's. Uh, oh God. Let's. Uh, what is our little synopsis here for? Uh, Summary. You can't remember the goddamn movie? Well, that's not how we do this. You know that. Rick, uh, how do you want to pronounce his name? Worsh or Worshy? It's Worshy. Rick Worshy is a single father who's struggling to raise two teenage... Two, I almost said teenage daughters. Oh, fucking professional. Two teenagers during the height of the crack epidemic in the 1980s Detroit. Worshy sells guns legally to make ends meet, but soon attracts attention from the FBI. Federal agents convince his son, Rick, Ricky Jr., to become an undercover drug informant in exchange for keeping his father out of prison. When young Rick gets in too deep, he finds himself seduced by the lure of easy money and becomes a drug dealer himself. White boy Rick. Um, I know that this movie uh, deviates um, from some of the true stories. So I, I don't take this movie as like literal fact to like the, the story of White Boy Rick because it's just like when we saw American Made. You know what I mean? It, American Made take, took a lot of liberties for dramatic you know, license and shit like that to have fun. You know, creative license or whatever they call it. Um, so, yeah, I didn't take this movie as 100% fact anyway because when I looked up a couple things, and I don't even, like this article right here that you got up on the screen, uh-huh. um, I haven't read that yet, but I'm pretty sure that's going to be another deviation from the movie as well. But like like the guy, um, you know, they make it sound like at the end of this movie that the guy finally is going to get out of prison or finally got out of prison, but he's still in there serving on another charge in in, in Florida. No, he did get out of prison, but he's serving a charge for car theft. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that yeah. So it's um, it's just yeah, they just left certain things out. He he's not look. Anytime we see a Hollywood movie. Um, you know, I just realized that the director's name is Jan Demange. <laughs> yeah. It, and if you think about it, like, remember when everybody was talking about Van Dam, Van Dam, or the calling, yeah. calling Van Damage? Yeah. <laughs> Holy shit. That's funny. It, that's got to be way too coincidental. <laughs> don't try to challenge me. Yeah, don't. <laughs> What's his new thing? Um, Tostitos. Oh, God. Hey, as long as he keeps making money, man, he might as well. But. You know, I mean, in, in the movie, it portrayed him as, you know, a hero type he, of thing. Yeah. Like, he was doing this and blah, blah, blah. Well, no, he's not a hero. Like, he was an FBI informant, and then they walked away from him, and he started selling cocaine on his own. Yeah. And he got caught with more than eight kilos. Yep. You know, and then, and then you know, so he goes to jail for that, and then he gets out of jail, and then immediately has to serve time because yeah. why? Well, I know that he, um, the reason why he's um, a a subject matter for people to pay attention to is because it seemed like for him being underage and everything, the, the charges for him seemed to go longer than they would have for other people. He was housed at Florida State Prison after pleading guilty to being involved in a car theft ring. Worshi says he pled guilty to protect his mother and sister, but 
we don't know anything about his mom. Yeah. Mom so, wasn't, yeah, she was just offhandedly mentioned in the film. That was it. Yeah, so. Uh, We've been out for what, two, three weeks now, and they still don't have the fucking summary up for it. Yeah, that's kind of weird. That is weird. Um, yeah, so when, so under his Wikipedia, it says when the FBI no longer needed him, yeah. he began selling cocaine himself and was arrested in 87 for, for possessing cocaine. He walked cocaine. away from them because he was tired. I mean, in the movie. In the movie, he walked away from them because he was tired of being in danger. Yeah, and I wonder how much how much money he's making off of this. Um, I mean, I'm fine with it. It's not that big of a deal. My problem is is that this looks like... Like, if you look up Ray Worshi or Rick Worshi, I yeah. was thinking of Ray Worshing, the kicker for the San Francisco 49ers, and I don't know why. Um, it's, it's like scrubbed. There's nothing. Like, what is this based off of, like, Vice did a, a true crime doc about white boy Rick. And <clears throat> um, here it is. Uh, Michigan's draconian 650 lifer law. Um I don't know when they appealed the the, the law, but um, this guy from Vice wrote about Rick Worshi, and um, there's a there's a book series called Street Legends. It's written by Come on, how many times is this page gonna fucking reboot itself? Seth Ferranti. So Seth Ferranti uh, first wrote about Ray Worshi's uh, case in 2013 when I when quote unquote. I was serving a 25-year sentence for a first-time nonviolent LSD conviction in the Federal Bureau of Prisons. Um, I mean, these, these, these fucking laws are so stupid. Uh, he, he wrote a book called Street Legends, <clears throat> and after corresponding with him via prison-to-prison mail, found out that what really went down didn't quite live up to the hood tales that sprung up around. You know, there's always going to be legends. Um, what, what was learned was even more insidious, where she was recruited through his father— so to say, um, to be an informant for Detroit's local drug task force when he was 14 years old. The agents cultivated him as a source and established him as a drug dealer, only to cast him aside when higher-ups found out he was underage and agents were filing his reports under his informant's father's number. Um, Cut loose from the task force but fully trained in the drug trade, he kept selling cocaine until he was busted less than a year later. Um, And then from there, in the fall of 2015... After he had gotten out of jail the previous year, he started laying the gray groundwork for a film with the goal of not only making a badass true crime documentary, but first and foremost obtaining Worshi's freedom. Um, in the summer of 2017, Worshi was finally paroled he rec- uh, from the sentence he received as a juvenile, which I thought was stupid. Lifetime sentence for a juvenile? I mean, look, I know that he had cocaine, but you know, a he, lifetime he, he, sentence? He didn't commit murder. Yeah. No, that, that seemed just, it just bled political because of the time period. Right. Just say no thing. Yeah, this whole don't do... Well, there's his mother. Um, I'm not going to go through the whole fucking thing, but it, it the, the war on drugs is dumb, and this website, I can't deal with it. So when it comes down to... When it comes down to the movie, you have to just take a... You have to take it with a grain of salt. I guess that's what we're... Yeah. Because not everything is... Yeah, I... You know, and... But I do... I did really like the movie. Um... I don't think it deserves the 58% Rotten Tomatoes rating it's got um, because the uh, the critics pretty much, their statement on the movie is that it's um, it, it has a ton of missed opportunities, even though Matthew McConaughey is a really, really good performance. And that was that's pretty much the gist of it. So that's why it's got such a low rating. Um, and I can partially agree with it where, you know, I, I think the, the film's biggest problem is it tries to cover way too much ground in such a short time period with too many characters. 
um, involved in it that there's just not enough time to really deal with anything for very long at all. Well, I mean, and, that, and that's part of the problem. Look, you have you have Matthew McConaughey. You have um, you have yeah Bruce Stern. Thank you. His wife, played by Piper Laurie. Right. You got um, the daughter, uh, Del. Um, or her name is Belle Powley. Mm-hmm. Um, Dawn was the character's name. You got Jennifer Jason Lee's agent. Right. Um, you got Roy Cochran, her partner. Right. Um, you got uh, Officer Roach, the, the the you know the undercover narcotics officer. Right. Um, you got Eddie Marson. Um, or is it, you know, Marsan, you know, remember him? We see him in fucking everything lately, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, he was in um, The World's End. Yeah, and he also played uh, the the villain in uh, Hancock. In Deadpool 2. Yep. Deadpool 2. In Deadpool 2, yeah. So my my whole issue with this is, with, with, with this movie, is first and foremost, the the lack of time it has given to, I mean, look, the, the movie's called White Boy Rick. Yeah. And... There is very little character generation, very little detail in terms of white boy Rick, you know, the kid that plays Rick. Yeah. You know, Rick Jr. It was almost like the movie's in a in like a summary of events that happened to him. Yeah, and, and that's and that's the problem is this is this is just a a blanket statement. Like like uh like cliff, a, we like cliff notes. This yeah. is like cliff notes of Rick, White Boy Rick. Yeah, I mean Matthew McConaughey was great in the oh, movie. Oh fucking a very subdued and, performance. And, and Bruce Dern was fucking great in the <laughs> so movie too. <laughs> just see, I would love to have Bruce Dern live right down the street from me just so I could hear him yell every morning. Yeah. It'd be fucking great. Like I just pay him. I'll, I'll, I'll pay you a dollar every morning just so I can hear you <laughs> yell down the street. I'd have my dog go take a shit in his yard just so I can hear him yell. If your dog shits in my yard one more time, I'm gonna staple his asshole shut. Right. <laughs> so, um, again, it, it it was just like this kid who grows up in in Detroit in the eighties. Right. It's 1985. Yeah. And you know his his best friend is is a gang member. Yep. You know, and he gets in on, with the gang by selling them some some uh, silencers. You know, the fries. Yeah, right. <laughs> and then from there, it it just it turns into it, it turns into nothing more than a montage. Yeah, that's what it felt like. It felt like a two hour montage. Yeah, yeah, and I think that that's the the biggest problem because this movie, I, I did this movie could have kept going. It, it, it could have kept going for three hours, and I would have still been glued to watching it because it's still it's very interesting and it's well the the performances all around are really really good, you know. Um, I think that uh, Belle Polly, um, the actress who played Dawn, the the sister, the the you know the druggy sister, uh-huh. I thought she was excellent. I, I like she. I think that she deserves uh, recognition for this film because I I she stood out big time to me in the role. Yeah. Um, and then of course McConaughey. Um, you know the white boy Rick character. I, you know the actor. Um, I don't even think he's been anything else. The actor's name is Richie Merritt. Uh, he, I mean, he did a good job, uh, but I mean, there wasn't a whole lot for him. It, it just, I don't know. It seemed like he, more like every time you saw him in a scene, he was more like taking everything in more than like giving out. Right. So, um, and I don't know if that, that would really be the actor's fault. That would be more of the, the script's fault or whatever. You know. Yeah, I mean, it feels like this, the script was written more for Matthew McConaughey than mm-hmm. anything else. Yeah. And there's there seems to be a lot missing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, like they skipped from, they, they did 84, 85, and then they did 87. They cut, then they cut, like, to 86. Like, they, from when, after he got shot and then his rehabilitation, they cut, like, like over, like, almost a whole year. Yeah, that's like, what I mean. Yeah. It went from 84 to 85 to, like, 87 or, or something like that. Yeah. 
And I I know that they did uh I know that they did eighty seven. Hmm. I love the part where the little kid shows up to the door. <laughs> that oh, was hilarious. That was fucking great. He call, kept Don't calling make me come back here. Yeah. Kept calling McConaughey grandpa. Yeah. <laughs> that was that was great. Yeah. And it and it didn't delve enough into that. Yeah. I think it I mean, look, if you're gonna if you're gonna tell the story Yeah, you didn't know if they if they broke up or if they just never got back together or what. I mean, it just goes off assumption, right? Yeah. Instead. Yeah. Um I mean, you have to read the end credit, the end titles to to figure out what's going on. Mm-hmm. That uh, his he, he got out of well, supposedly he got out of jail, but you know he's not out of jail. Yeah, and then they <coughs> they never even said what happened to his sister at the end. You know, she was an important character in the movie. She was one of the uh, biggest influences on McConaughey's character. You know, so yeah, it just the movie felt very, uh, yeah, very uh, incomplete. incomplete. Thank you. There we go. Yeah, it. But still, I really did like this movie. I just, you know, I guess a good sign, a sign of a good movie is you want more of it, right? I wanted more of this movie, so um, I do. I recommend it. Yeah, and what I really, I mean, look, I, I'm going to recommend it, but I can't. I mean, they're right on with with uh, the critical evaluation of this. This is a five out of ten. Damn, that yeah. low for you, huh? It's it should be. Okay, it's incomplete. Okay. The story isn't there. Yeah, it's a montage of different scenes, um, with the with three of the best scenes being him stealing his grandfather's car. Yeah, um, him dealing with his grandfather, like like his grandfather was going slowly insane. Yeah, like I oh, made yeah, you, they, I made you pancakes. I forgot about that. You're right. I don't like pancakes, you know that. Yeah, and you called me. You, you called me. You know Andrea last night or whatever. Yeah, I mean, I'm not even going to ask you who that is. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you know. You're right. Yeah, this shitload of missed opportunities. I, I still like the movie so much, so I'm probably uh, I'm I'm bouncing back and forth between a six point five and a uh, and a seven. Yeah, I, I just and and it's not the the film is good. The yeah. script isn't. But this should have been a nine because there's enough there's enough here um, that they could have made this a nine. Right. If they had put more into it. God, she's cute. God damn it. Uh, she's weird. It's because of her eyes, though. Well, I, I like chicks that look like Aubrey Plaza. She has a slight Aubrey Plaza look to her. Yeah, but that dress is not flattering. I love purple. I know. You know what? The more I look at it, the design, it is ugly. But I love purple, so I'm forgiving it. No, well, don't. <laughs> Imagine if it was uh, if it was sky blue. <laughs> then it would look way worse. That the whole. Yeah, I'm, I'm just trying to. I'm trying to find some information on his sister because it did mention his sister. And it mentioned his his wife and his daughter and the fact that he has a grandchild. Yeah, and that you know they still come and see him. And um, yeah, because in the movie the mom is just mentioned as she left us, she abandoned us. Right. You know, she ran out on all of us. Yeah. And then apparently that's not really true. She had to get out of there because he's he's a failure. And, oh, here's the other thing. This here's the other problem. One one other scene that was glossed over. Mm-hmm. He opened a video store. What happened to that? Yeah. You know, I think it would have been more interesting to see that storyline so the main storyline should be the dad in the in the video store yeah and him opening the video store and we find out that you know he does open a video store and then or you know the secondary one of the two fucking storylines it doesn't matter which one's main and which one's secondary is is white boy rick you know where he's he's doing his thing because again we're not given enough, like, you know how I bitch about you about background? Yeah. Well, here's the main, this is one of the stories that needs it. Yeah. They, they, that's an error there on the page. It, Roy Cochran was the um, the other cop, the other FBI agent. That wasn't... Um, no, that's Don Warshi. Yeah. 
Yeah, Don Worshi is is Bell Bell Pauly, Pauly, um, right. played her. Played yeah, and so it's, for some reason it says Rory Cochran. That's an error. Yeah, so actually Don's pretty pissed off about the fact that um, this movie is. Mm, we were portrayed in the film as low class, dirt poor scuzzbags. I don't know what other words to use. Not the way it was. Um, come on. <laughs> What's she gonna say? I never sucked a black dick. <laughs> this movie's a lie. <laughs> I've never, ever been with a black guy. Don and Rick's grandparents are in the film. According to Don, just about all the family dynamics portrayed in the movie are wrong. They look like a bunch of drunks that just didn't care, wild and crazy, but they are the best people you'd ever meet. Let's see. Um, Don goes on to say that her family was never consulted for the film, but McConaughey did visit Wershey at Oaks Correctional Facility in Manistee in March, more than four hours to prepare for the role. Uh, White Boy Rick was arrested in 87 for presenting. Okay. But it doesn't mean, again, there is nothing to this article about Don actually talking about the movie. Yeah. You know what? I think this movie is is another one of those examples where they filmed a lot more and cut a shitload out. Like, I wouldn't doubt if there's like like a, a 60 minute to a 90 minute deleted scene reel for this film. What upset me most, he said, uh, my dad couldn't handle you you kids. Um, he had Rick sell drugs because he couldn't cut the mustard, but that's the farthest from the truth. Don was 17 when her brother, 14, started wheeling and dealing. Don says he was an undercover informant for the FBI for six months. Uh, here they were using a child as an underage informant, which I would say was against all types of laws. I did not move home until after Rick was shot. I had to move home to take care of him. Um, Rick refused, so my dad took the money and threw my ex-husband and Rick out of the house. Oops. Hold on a second. Uh, unlike in the movie, she says her dad, who also made statements to the FBI, was outraged and r- wanted Rick out of the drug business when he came home with 50 grand in drug money. Um, Rick refused, so my dad took the money and threw my ex-husband and Rick out of the house. She said Rick bought a house down the street and kept rolling. Crack cocaine was a cheap drug of choice. Selling drugs is like a gambler. When you win that jackpot, you want more bigger ones out there. In the movie, you said they portrayed you as a heroin addict. Well, they never really say, um, but that's what we're all assuming. That's the drug of choice by the way she acts, and I have never done heroin in my life. Um, so the movie does a lot of fabrication? Maybe. Who knows? I yeah. mean, they didn't consult. But uh, Don says what they did get right was how right white boy Rick came to be. Um, he did his own thing. Let's see, he was like a rock star. made him more than he was. Don says she and her family signed two different movie contracts years ago, but refused to sign a third one for this version. She says she and her family were never consulted for the film and never received a dime. Now, after supporting her brother behind his life, behind bars for 25 years, she's hoping when he's released, they can heal from old family feuds and live as brothers. So there's still no information. So, I mean, it was just, it's a fluff piece. It's a filler. You know, I mean, come on. It's a filler article, yeah. So, so, yeah, uh, I'm I'm kind of disappointed because this movie had potential to be fucking great, you know, and it's it's good but not great, and that that that's what sucks, you know. It, yeah, it's unfortunate. It should have been a better movie. Shit. Um, I, I'll tell you what though. Um, the the location filming, oh, well, it wasn't location, but <laughs> where they filmed in Cleveland, which it was set in Detroit. Right. It, I thought they were in fucking Detroit, dude. I mean, it. You know, all the all the movies I've seen where they're set in Detroit and shit, like Eight Mile and stuff like that. It looked like it. Uh, it run down and shitty, and they use a good color scheme for everything, the costume design, um, all that stuff. It looked like... I don't think there was any time I was watching the movie where I thought, oh, this is set now. I mean, this is filmed now, but it's set then, you know. Instead, it felt like you were in that period, that time period, you know. 
there was um a lot of scenes that were fucking kind of scary. Like, especially if you're not from areas like that where they're walking, like where, where Rick is walking through a, an extremely dark neighborhood where there's no street lighting to a crack house to buy crack and shit, right? And it's just normal for him. It's not, a, he's not scared at all, really, or he's not showing any scare, you know, any fear. But he's just, it's very intimidating, um, you know, tension filled scenes when he's walking through neighborhoods like that. It, well done. Mm-hmm. So I agree. All right. Um, a little bit of trivia now. Let's do the trivia. All right. So on July fourteenth, twenty seventeen, Richard Wershey Jr. was paroled from the Chicago prison. Michigan prison. Jesus. I said. You... Did I say Chicago? Yes. Why the fuck did I say Chicago? Because you're thinking of Blues Brothers, you <laughs> Nimrod. Uh, hit it. From the Michigan prison system after serving 29 years, he was immediately turned over to U.S. Marshals for transfer to Florida to begin serving time there on a separate charge. That's fucking stupid. Just let him go. I know. Uh, during the last week, well, they're making him pay for the whole drug thing, you know. That, that is the government's little spiteful bullshit, yeah, right? Yeah, I know. So, during the last week of principal, principal photography, slow, slow down, down, Joe, in Cleveland, Production was briefly halted on two separate occasions due to exchanges of gunfire in neighborhoods near the set. You're talking about scary. I could believe that shit. Yeah. Um, a shot of Rick Sr. and Ricky driving into their neighborhood was filmed at the intersection of St. Clair Avenue and East 99th Street. This location is significant in regards to Cleveland-based hip-hop group Bone Thugs and Harmony, who regularly reference it in their lyrics. The street signs for the intersection are seen in the music video for their 1995 breakthrough hit, First of the Month. I'm tr- still trying to figure out why this trivia piece is important, and I left it in there on purpose because it literally has nothing to do with the fucking movie. I guess... Yeah. Unless the song is in the movie. I don't think it was. No, it's not, because First of the Month came out like 94... or nine, Well, it said 95. But, um, yeah, so I, I don't know. I guess because it's for... People that are that are from that area, they want acknowledgement that you know. Bones, yeah, but bones, it still has again. One has no relation to the other. Yeah, it's dumb. It's a dumb piece of fucking trivia, but I left it in on purpose. Mm-hmm. And of course, all right. All right. Uh, the film is set in Detroit, Michigan, but production and filming took place in Cleveland, Ohio, which we had mentioned. Yeah. So, um, is that it? That's all we got. Yeah. You all got right. news? Um. Oh yeah, yeah. How about we get some news out of the way? All right. So, um, the Hellboy reboot, and there's a shitload of fucking reboots being done the right Blood now. The Blood Queen. Um, yeah, the Hellboy uh, reboot and is... And I don't consider it a reboot. Well, reimagining, re- redo... I don't I, consider anything other than a new series. All right, so... Just like just like with Batman, like, people like to throw around reboots and yeah. remakes and whatever. Don't I don't consider it reboots and remakes. Okay. It's a it's a brand new series for Hellboy. It's, it's like going on to the next book in the series. Like Batman Begins. More like Seeds of Destruction and then, you know... Uh, the uh, co- the coffin and other tales or or whatever the golden army yeah things like that or dread Remember? yeah 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 okay so um all right so yeah you, um the David Harbor Hellboy <laughs> is being delayed for three months uh, from uh, it was going to be I guess early next year and it's going to come out in April now instead um, not there wasn't a release date it just says April um, I guess for some reason Lionsgate uh, just you know, move back the the release date. So um, there isn't any indicator why there hasn't been a trailer out for it. There's just been a couple set you know photos. Haven't heard shit about this movie really. You know. Yeah, they're keeping it. They're keeping it a big secret. Although we've seen you know pictures of Harbor in Hellboy makeup. Yeah. Um, speaking of which, I didn't realize that he was in the Green Hornet. He played. Did he play an asshole cop? No, he played the asshole DA or uh, mayor. Or okay. Whatever. All right. 
Um, James Wan to develop a remake of the zombie train movie Train to Busan. That was my second thing I was going to talk about. Boom. See, we are on the same page. All right. Yeah, Train to Busan is a very good um, zombie film because it's we, different. We, we yeah. uh, reviewed it yeah. a while back. Yeah, it's got the, the, the what makes it work is that it's got heart to it. And so it's got characters that you care about. And that's the staple of a good horror film. Because if you don't give a fuck about the characters, who gives a shit when they get killed, right? So, um, look, <laughs> they've done this before, all right? The Grudge, fucking, um, you know, well, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm stereotyping. Or I'm, I'm getting racist because I think uh, The Grudge was uh, was Chinese or, or, yeah, or Japanese, right? I think The Grudge was Chinese. Yeah. So, and but it may the, have been Japanese. And then the ring. I think the ring is either Chinese or Japanese. I so. believe the I believe the ring. Well, hold on. <laughs> All right. Well, let's just say Asian cinema. Okay. Yes, it's definitely Asian cinema. How about that? Um, so, uh, yeah, it, you know the 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 trend of Asian cinema um, being uh, remade over here when it's popular over there. Um, I wouldn't have any doubt if they do a PG thirteen version over here, so they can try to sell a couple more tickets. So the grudge is Japanese in the ring. It says the ring you. So I think ring you because that's the original name for it. I think ring you means that it's Chinese. Because uh, no, it's Japanese. Oh shit. Okay. Because <coughs> I know in uh, Mandarin language they use a lot more one, um, single syllable words instead of uh, multiple like uh, like Japanese uses. All right, linguist. <laughs> Just an observation. Um, so yeah, Train to Busan. I I have I have I, look. I like New Line Cinema. They take risks with a lot of films that they do, but it, it just to me it seems like a American cash grab, man. That that's all. I it's all it is. Yeah. So I, the the, the original is really good, though. I heard they're making a sequel to the Korean one in Korea. So yeah. in South Korea. So um, yeah. I mean, the zombies were creepy in it, and you know it, they were. I mean, yeah, really well done. So if you haven't checked the the that film out on um on Netflix, it's still on there. So yeah, check that shit out, yo. All right. Um, what trailer you want to talk about first, man? You just pick. We got Creed. Um, I don't know if it's the final trailer, but the sequel to Creed, um, the new trailer came out for it, which I, I think it should just be the final trailer because, I mean, the movie comes out in less than two months. So, um, But it's really good trailer. It um, it shows you you know pretty much everyone you want to see that's going to be in it and and all the connections to Rocky IV, you know, with Ivan Drago and his son now and uh, and everything. So it's... Um, I don't know. I don't know if I want to watch it. You know what? It's... Look, I've I been mean, the trailer. I don't. Oh, okay. Well, I'll tell you what. Ever since Rocky Five, I've not had faith in any Rocky movie, but I've been surprised the last two times so far. With that, yeah, but I mean, I... you'll ask. With Balboa so and with uh, Creed. What so, um, Advil is oh. relief that's fast. Even though this one isn't done by Coogler, like he when you know Coogler executive produces one because he's busy doing something else. Mm-hmm. He, um, yeah. Well, let's go. If we don't do what we love, then we wouldn't exist. It's time, kid. It's like nothing really matters to him right now, including me. You gotta think real hard about this. Do you got people that need you now? I'm taking the fight. Victor Drago, son of Ivan Drago, who infamously killed Apollo Creed, appeared today to issue a challenge to Adonis Creed. 
Don't do this. I ain't got a choice. That's the same thing your father said, and you died right here in my hands. That kid was raised in hate. It's dangerous. He broke things in me that ain't never been fixed. It ain't worth it. It's not just us anymore, Dave. I want to rewrite history. If you want to fight this man, that's your business. But don't pretend this is about your father. This here is all about my wife, my kids, the life that I live. Through the night, I was his. It was right when I did. My ups and downs, my slips, my falls, my trials and tribulations, my heart, my balls. This won't be the end of me. Or you. It can't be, because we're a team. Now you know what you're fighting for. Round after round, you learn more about yourself. And when I stepped in that ring, it wasn't all about me. Tell you what, this new uh, director, um, he he's the visual style looks the same. Yeah. So you know, I, I think the Coogler helped uh, pick a good replacement for himself. Well, they probably had they probably already had it set up so that um, when Coogler was doing when because they probably approached him and said, "Hey, we want you to do the second movie," and if he's going to executive produce it, he's going he's going to have a hand in it. Yeah, it's like okay, w- when he gets a director, he's going to go through a list of them, right? Yeah, and he's going to interview each director. How do you see this happening? And and when they go through it. As they're interviewing him, if they have the same vision as him, they're probably going to be in. Yeah, you know, and, and it was it probably wasn't a long list of directors, but he wanted someone that wanted to keep the same uh, mo. Yeah, as I, it were. I believe the guy that he he's using for this film um, is a friend of his. Yeah. So, and he probably detailed out the whole movie anyways. Yeah. Like I I know exactly where I'm going with this. So, you know, if you want to direct it, have at it. Yeah. Yeah, I've seen I've seen the first Creed twice, and um, yeah, it's still one of the best films of 2015. Yep. So um, yeah. I still haven't seen it, but you know, um, not for lack of whatever. Mm. Just I keep forgetting that it's out there. Mm. I, I literally forgot about the movie because of all the shit that was going on. You yeah. Know, all the movies that we had seen. Yeah. Blah blah blah, and whatever else was going on at that time. Yeah. I think the yeah the two movies I, I saw that year without you was um, Straight Outta Compton and Creed. Exactly. Yeah. And. Uh, <laughs> I can I can say for a fact that like I keep forgetting that this movie is out there. I'm like I, I'll be going through and I'll be like, oh shit, I keep, I keep forgetting about that. <laughs> well, I do have it on Blu-ray. If you ever get to it, yeah. If you ever want to, um, give me a digital. Yeah. There, oh yeah. Well, if it hasn't expired yet, I mean, the, the movie came out three years ago, so I don't know if the tag still. <laughs> um, Speaking of which, yeah. Have you um, have you watched that Batman? I watched it today, and I, my kids wanted to watch it with the English dubbing. So we did, and even though it's got some really talented voice acting there, I fucking hated the voice acting in that movie. I fucking hated it. But Tony Hale. No, 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 no. Oh, what? Do not give me a review of the fucking movie. I just asked if you watched it. Okay. And if you didn't like the English overdub, I agree with you. That's all we're going. I'm going to go back and watch it again <laughs> uh, with the original Japanese um, language, because I can watch anime that way as well. So 
Um, I actually kind of prefer it because I don't, a lot of the American voice actors, like uh, the kind that my daughter's in, I'm sorry, the kind that my daughter's into, like with the anime transfers, like she's into like uh, Todd Habercorn and, and other guys, um, those guys that always do anime. Um, I'm just not into their voices. They're over dramatic, and I know that that's how anime is, but it's just. Why are you giving us a review of Batman? I'm not. I'm not. I didn't say anything about Batman. I just. I would rather hear it in Japanese. That's all. I'm gonna. I'm gonna go back because I'm gonna withhold judgment on the film itself until I hear it in in Japanese. So, yeah, that's pretty much it. Okay. Yeah. You, you, did you watch it yet? I'm watching it. Okay. So, um, yeah. It. Yeah. Oh, hey. If you live in the, I don't know where if it's all over the United States, but right now Best Buy has it for ten dollars on Blu-ray, <laughs> DVD and Blu-ray together. So, um, that's pretty good because normally it's like twenty to twenty-five bucks. So, uh. Uh, what else? Is that it? Oh, well, the Dark Phoenix uh, trailer is supposed to premiere tonight um, on the James Corden show, the, the Late Late Show. Um, but, you know, that's, uh, what's today, the 26th? September 26th? So uh, we'll let you know next week uh, if, the, you know, the trailer is worth anything. I, I've got no faith in it. I think that, you know, after Apocalypse, I, I, I'm fucking done with uh, with what they're doing with the X-Men movies. Kevin Feig has taken over all Fantastic Four and X-Men. Yeah. So, and that came straight from Bob Iger's mouth mm-hmm. that the X-Men movies when they when they pull them into Marvel. Yeah. So, this is the last one. Yeah. So, anything that you see on TV that has anything to do with the X-Men, if they're good like Legion and stuff like that, I'm pretty sure those will continue. Yeah. But um when it comes right down to it, they're done. Yeah. And you're going to see a massive overhaul. I wonder what's going to happen with um, Gambit, because Gambit's supposed to come out next summer. So I don't know if they started filming it yet or... Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. I yeah. saw I saw a blurb on it that they haven't canceled it, so... Yeah. And there was rumors that this one was canceled. Yeah. Well, I know they're not using Taylor Kitsch, because <laughs> Taylor Kitsch uh, picked uh, two wrong, two bad movies, and now he's done yep. with big movies. <laughs> so I, I liked him. I liked him as Remy LeBeau and... In uh, X Men Origins Wolverine, but whatever, it was a small role anyway. Yeah. So who gives a shit? Pass. Yeah, All right. he's not Cajun. All right, uh, or would you call it Creel? Is it Cajun or Creel? I don't know. All right, all right. Well, on that note, all right, that's all we got for this one. So uh, I thought you had like five different trailers. I did. Oh shit! I'm just ready to jump to the next one. Huh? You know why? It's because we watched all these trailers before we did the show. That's why. All right, um, got the uh, the Fantastic Beasts uh, final trailer. Which looks pretty good. Um, it, you know, I, yeah, I still have a problem with him. Not, I, I look. It's, I want to see him going out and finding fucking beasts. Isn't that the whole point of Fantastic Beasts and where to find them? But address. What's that? A safe house in Paris. Why would I need a safe house in Paris? Should things at some point go terribly wrong, it's good to have a place to go. You know, for a cup of tea. My brothers. My sisters. The clock is ticking faster. My dream. We who live for truth, for love. The moment has come to take our rightful place in the world where we wizards were free. Join me. Or die. The wizarding and non-wizarding worlds have been at peace for over a century. Grindelwald wants to see that peace destroyed. 
You want me to hunt him down? To kill him? Dumbledore, why can't you go? I cannot move against Grindelwald. It has to be you. You don't suffer from motion sickness, see? I don't do well on boats. You'll be fine. <laughs> Do you know why I admire you, Nick? You do not seek power. You simply ask, is the thing right? The time's coming when you're going to have to pick a side. No, I don't do sides. What are you going to do? I think it's something. Mute, you never met a monster you couldn't love. Let's take him. That's your brother? I think that might have been the best moment of my life. So do you think that... Dumbledore's sexuality is going to uh, finally be um, shown in this in this film. No, why would it be? Because okay, when J.K. Rowling announced after she had written all the Harry Potter books that Dumbledore was gay, and that she didn't mention it in the books because it wasn't important to anything, so she didn't need to. But it was mentioned afterwards that there um, there's a possibility that Dumbledore had a thing um, for Grindelwald. And so that the fact that they're both in this movie, I'm just wondering if they're actually going to touch on that or not. They may touch on it, but <clears throat> if they make it a big deal, um, if they turn it into a circus-like love affair, yeah, then it, it, it invalidates the whole story. Like, you have to show it with compassion and stuff like that, not just them reaching out to each other and kissing each other full on the lips, you yeah. know? It's it's got to show moments of tenderness and whatever else. I don't think in this in this one. No, um, I think we'll see like touches in terms of you know we had a thing in the past type of or like a look or no. He'll explain it. Yeah, uh, because you you have to tell in movies. You can't just have a yeah. look. There has to be there has to be a, um, an arc to it. You yeah, know what I'm saying, and it it, it has to be somewhat talked about if it I, I look I, I have no problem with it if it flows naturally but if they if it gets thrown in as some gimmick to um be progressive just for progressive sake that's when i'll have a problem with it yeah i don't i don't does that make sense i don't think she's gonna do it that way. yeah so but yeah if it flows naturally then yeah hey okay, fucking do it um all right so uh the next one was the bumblebee tra- trailer which I don't know. If they, I think, well, they just said it's the full trailer. So instead of the last one, which was considered the teaser, we got this one. And shit, dude, I, this trailer to me looks like what Transformers should have been from the get-go when, when they're doing a live-action film. I'm Charlie Watson. I'm 18. Today, actually. Is the Beetle for sale? Pure's kid. Happy birthday. Oh my god. What are you? 
have no idea where he came from? No idea. Well. Here's the deal. People can be terrible about things they don't understand. From now on, the only person you can show yourself around is me. Oh, I'm, I'm good. Now I'm good, thanks. There's a war raging on our planet. If this criminal isn't found, that war may find its way here. Is there anyone that can help you? Do you have a family? Oh, who would be? They're still doing that. Yeah. They're calling an army. I've seen firsthand these things really are. There is only one way to end this war. You must protect Earth and its people. Take it down! My back, me! This is how we stop them. You've got me. Anywhere. God, I'm so screwed. <laughs> so yeah, that um, I, look, Michael Bay has fucking tainted this whole series. So I want to see this movie, but I've been fooled by trailers before. This trailer is very convincing. <laughs> it looks very good, uh, but yeah, yeah. Hold our breath. Um, yeah, or don't. Yeah, I'll hold my breath till I fucking yeah. So, um, yeah. Well, I guess we'll find out in a couple months, won't we? So, actually, that that movie comes out like on the same day as like a bunch of other movies too. So, yep. I think uh, Welcome to Marwin is one of them. You know, with Steve Carell. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, you know, we're gonna have uh, we're gonna have some picking to do. So. All right. Uh, then there was a, there's a, I came across a couple uh, trailers for um, some, uh, well, well, one was for an independent film, which looks very interesting, which they say is, some critics say it's this year's answer to Get Out, which I don't know about that shit. But um, this movie's called Ty- Tyrell, and it's um, starring Jason Mitchell, who played Easy in, uh, in uh, Straight Out of Compton. And it looks very interesting. You, the vibe that I get from this movie, uh, Tyrell is um, it starts off to me feeling like uh, surviving the game with uh, Ice T okay. and Rutger Hauer, and then, but it doesn't end that way because you know because it feels like it's he's being set up like they're gonna fucking like they they got the, they got this you know, all these white dudes get this black dude out in the middle of the country and now they're gonna do some crazy shit to him or something that's the vibe I got from this movie right but instead the trailer cuts into no he just becomes one of their friends but it, there's a lot of weird racial tension and 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 just weird shit that goes on. Michael Sarah's in it and and uh and then the creepy dude, the creepy actor that we saw in American Made and also um Get Out, uh-huh. the creepy brother. Um he's in it. So um and he always plays a fucking weirdo. So uh I, it it looks interesting. It looks like a really good movie that I, I'm I'm going to forget about probably and then all of a sudden when I see it pop up on uh Netflix or Hulu or something in a year from now, I'm going to go, "Oh yeah, that movie." Right. And then I'm going to fucking watch it. So Tyrell does look interesting. Um, and then uh, there was a new uh, a Red Band trailer for a movie called The Oath, um, which uh, <laughs> is, brings up an interesting premise. 
because it it, it, it kind of I wouldn't see I wouldn't doubt seeing our country go in that direction with certain things, right? Which is kind of fucking scary. But this one does a comedic take on it with uh, Ike Barinholtz and um, oh my god, I had her name. She's the new thing right now. She's Tiffany Haddish. Yeah, Tiffany Haddish. That fucking mark on her face always bugs me. Um, <laughs> but um, she, yeah, she's like going to be in probably like five fucking movies this year, right? Um, that movie looks very funny and interesting. Um, I just don't know if it's one of those movies that's going to end up being more funny in the trailer and then when you get to the actual film itself, if it's actually darker and more violent than funny or, you know, whatever. So, But it looks interesting. Um, so I, if it comes out, I don't, when the fuck does that come out? October 12th? I don't know. Yeah, October 12th. So, um, yeah, Tyrell comes out um, on December 5th. And, uh, yeah, The Oath is October 12th. Uh I don't think we're going to see the oath though, because there's too many fucking movies coming out in um, between now and uh, the end of the year. So. Yeah, I'll wait for that to come out on you know HBO or something like that before, because it's. I mean, it's a funny movie, but Ike Barinholtz does nothing for me. So Ike Barinholtz to me is not a leading man. He is a good um, buddy character, right? You know, so for him to have the main role. Uh, he's gonna have to prove it to me. <laughs> That's pretty much it. Like, like I'm the authority or something. But, um, yeah, yeah, prove it to me, buddy. So, all right. Um, and that's. I think that's all we got now. Did I? Or did I forget something again? No, that's about it. All right. So, uh, all right. Uh, so to all the white boy ricks out there, I, I'll say peace out, homies. Peace. <laughs> Keep it real. Me too. <laughs>